This is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host on ADHD Focus. I wanted to remind you that the show is not intended to be a recommendation for diagnosis or treatment of any condition for any specific person. Please consult your mental health professional or doctor managing your ADHD or mental health issues about any diagnosis or treatment-related information that you hear on the show. Refer your ADHD provider to the show if he or she would like more information. Thank you. Today we'll be talking about a an issue which can be puzzling for families as well as uh, professionals in terms of sorting out what's going on. Have you ever wondered whether your child or a family member might have bipolar disorder either instead of ADHD or in addition to it? This is very important to determine as there are different treatments that are applied. Today I will be discussing these issues with Dr. Roberto Olivardia, who is a psychologist in Massachusetts. He has a private practice in Lexington, Massachusetts. He's also a clinical instructor in psychology at the Harvard Medical School. He specializes in the treatment of ADHD, executive function issues, and also issues facing those with learning disorders. He has other specialties in his practice as well with OCD and eating disorders. He serves on advisory boards of ADD, the Attitude Magazine, as well as national ADD organizations. Dr. Olivardia, welcome to the program. Oh, great being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time in uh, helping my listeners figure out some more things about bipolar. One of the things that I see in, in uh, my practice is that people often think that bipolar disorder is possibly present when kids have uh, variations in mood even just within a day. They may be happy, then all of a sudden they're angry, then all of a sudden they're depressed, uh, and that goes up and down. And there are patterns in that, not necessarily daily ones, but patterns of behavior that might suggest bipolar disorder or a emotional dysregulation uh, issue or ADHD with a lot of emotional components. What kind of patterns um, to you suggest one or the other? Sure. So first of all, I'm glad that we're talking about this because this is an issue that gets very uh, confusing for clinicians, for family members, um, because the symptoms of ADHD and symptoms of bipolar disorder can overlap in a lot of ways and can mimic each other. So things like mm-hmm. impulsivity and irritability and sleep issues and hyperactivity, rapid speech, racing thoughts. I mean, these are things that both people with ADHD can relate to and people with bipolar illness can relate to. But they there are sort of these differences. And, In answer to your question, what's important to know is that people with ADHD are prone 
to emotional regulation issues. So we know that the ADHD brain is wired in a way that um, can make it very difficult sometimes for people with ADD to censor their emotional reactions, to kind of temper them. Um, They might have a harder time soothing themselves after feeling something very intensely. And although there's a, a lot of complexity to really teasing out ADHD and bipolar disorder, Generally speaking, I would say that one of the things to really look for is for people with ADHD, the emotional reaction uh, or is, it makes sense in the sense that it's within a certain context. Now, perhaps the intensity of the emotional reaction might be um, sort of seen as inappropriate or irrational in some ways, but it's often within the context. So to give you an example, if let's say your son comes home from school and says that he had a great day at school and he's just looking forward to just chilling and relaxing playing video games and you tell him, well, actually I want you to get your homework done before playing video games. You cannot mm-hmm. play video games right now. So he's upset because he's looking forward to playing video games. He really doesn't want to do homework and he just loses it and throws uh, something and starts swearing and yelling and the intensity might be like, whoa, this is really intense, but it makes sense in terms of if you look at sort of the, the core of what he's responding to, that he was hoping to do something and it wasn't being met. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in a bi- what we often will see in a more of a bipolar kind of either hypomanic episode or in a really emotionally dysregulated bipolar individual would be that they, it, it doesn't even have to be within a certain context. Sometimes you'll uh, hear from patients, they wake up feeling just incredibly irritable, um, like they can't even be in their bodies, um, that something that yesterday might not have warranted an emotional reaction today is they're feeling extreme um, sort of intensity around. That's where it mm-hmm. feels like it's from the inside out. So I often use this sort of conceptualization that with bipolar disorder, it's it, starts internally and then you see the external Mm -hmm. expression of what's happening to them internally. For people with ADHD, it's the opposite, that it's really, it starts externally, something that's not being met a certain way, and then it triggers them internally, but in a way that they might have a harder time um, sort of soothing themselves or tempering their responses to. Right. One of the things that I think can be subtle is what has been termed rejection sensitivity that many people with ADHD have when that person perceives having been rejected, ignored, discounted, they get instantly angry and seemingly out of proportion to the the issue. And so this child uh, was told, no, you can't do video games when he just said, that's what I want to do. He may see that as you aren't listening to what I want. Um, of course, Absolutely. children may may think that, and adults have very good reason to say, you're right, I'm not. I want you to do something else. But that may trigger the, um, the blow-up, and usually what I think of with NADD, that kind of simmers down pretty quickly. I think best if the adult just kind of says, okay, I'm going to let you be angry for a while. I'll come back. Um, 
absolutely. And that's one of the, the differences as well, you see, that for people with ADHD, that, you know, they might sort of explode, but then it often you know, w- will come down, that it will temper. Sometimes it could just take something as quick as another distraction to almost get them, eject them out of that emotional space. Mm-hmm. Someone with bipolar disorder, particularly what parents call me, and they know that something is really wrong, that something is beyond the ADHD, is that they describe these tantrums or rages that are actually known as limbic rages. Our limbic system is the part of our brain that's sort of our emotional center of our brain mm-hmm. that can last for hours. Um, I had a parent that called me a couple weeks ago that knew that her son, that there was more than just ADHD going on when he tantrumed and was crying with no sort of attenuation, that nothing was tempering after four and a half hours. Wow. This this 12-year-old boy was crying, screaming, and she actually showed me a video when I met with her, um, and it just looked like this kid was just out of his mind. I mean, in a sense that really was beyond, and where he wasn't even in control of it. And he described that when he sort of got out of that zone, that it was almost like something came over him, that he, mm-hmm. he knows he had the insight when he was out of that mood space to say, this is not normal. You know, he was extremely destructive, like very violent, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. you, you don't see to that degree of people uh, with ADHD, absolutely. Yeah, and that, to, to, oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Um, certainly, that you'd expect a 12-year-old to be able to kind of recognize or get over things fairly quickly and and think, oh boy, that wasn't appropriate, even with ADHD. And right. that's where exactly the bipolar kind of takes over their mind, thinking, actions, and they. They're on the roller coaster whether they want to be or not. Absolutely. And, and when this, this boy actually, you know, his parents had shared this video, I mean, he didn't even remember some of what he had done. I mean, it was almost as if he kind of blacked out. I mean, he was engaged in, in just this episode. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking to your point earlier, which I think is really important about rejection sensitivity, this is why it's so important as clinicians, as, especially that when we are making the assessment of is it ADHD, is it bipolar, is it both, is really looking at it from a, a case-by-case situation. So I, I, mm-hmm. I have ADHD myself, and I remember when I was in third grade, I had to write a book report about Athena, the goddess of wisdom, and <laughs> I, I had such a hard time starting this paper and my brother I have an older brother he had a a tape uh, of Queen the rock band Queen and one of the songs in this tape was the song Another One Bites the Dust and I put on that music and I'm a big music fan and there was something about having that music on that allowed my brain to just focus on writing this paper it was the perfect Mm -hmm. sort of background noise and and just the the rhythm of the song yeah tempo and everything else tempo absolutely so my dad, who d- did not have ADHD, you know, said, oh, well, you, you can't have music while you're doing work. Like, that just was so antithetical to how he yeah. operated. And I said, Dad, and I didn't have the language, obviously, then, as I do now, but I knew enough to say, you know, Dad, I, don't, I can't explain it, but this is not distracting me. In fact, I've written more in the last half hour listening to the song. I mean, I would, it would literally play, and I would rewind it, play, rewind it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And he was very good and he said okay well let you know the proof is in the pudding basically if you're being productive doing it then now if he had said no i'm insisting that you shut off that music i would have 
been furious. I mean, because I knew that this was helping me. So I would have felt invalidated. I would have not been heard. And I would have been frustrated because I wouldn't have been able to be as productive. And so he would have been blocking a, a path of productivity for me. And right. I would and have been in, enraged about that. And it would have been very easy for someone to label that as, whoa, like that's so inappropriate. He's just asking him to shut the music off when it was so much more than that. Right. And I, I actually have to had somewhat similar experience. I also have ADD. I uh, didn't find out until just recently, 10 or 12 years ago. Um, but I can distinctly remember being up in my bedroom. I was sitting at the desk doing homework, had a little transistor radio and listening to the radio. And my father said, but you can't do that. You have to turn the radio off. One did not get angry at my father. That was not acceptable. So I said, okay, turned it off. He went downstairs. I turned it back on and went on with my work. Um, but definitely the music, some kind of background noise makes a difference. I had uh, seen a study which suggested that one-third of teens did better on homework if they had some kind of background noise. Oh, absolutely. I've never written a paper since then without music on um, in, my, in my life. I mean, that's just sort of part of how I operate. Uh -huh. um, an another difference, too, between ADHD and, and bipolar that we sort of look at is how sort of cyclical it is. So with bipolar illness, you'll often, if you log, and I often have parents or adults that I'm working with often log these sort of episodes that they have, that usually, sometimes, I mean, there are forms of bipolar disorder that these shifts could happen within a day. Um, other times it's over a period of two to three days. Sometimes it could be a two-week period that somebody is in a, in a depressive episode or what we call a manic episode. And you'll often see these cycles, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's every six weeks or this kind of pattern that it's almost it's irrelevant of, again, what's going on in their lives. It's just that, again, it's coming from the inside out versus with ADHD, it's all, again, dependent upon the situation that it's not that every six weeks or during the premenstrual phase um, that somebody's going to just be extremely irritable and extremely emotionally dysregulated. Um, so having that really documenting when that mm -hmm. occurrences are happening can give people a lot of data. How often does the kind of mood changes within a day um, represent bipolar compared to, say, every two weeks or six weeks, things like that. So typically, um, the, the type of uh, bipolar illness that where you will see real rapid mood shifts within a day is actually associated with a more serious form of bipolar disorder. Um, they either call that sort of rapid cycling, which mm -hmm. is, um, has the highest suicide rate. Now, bipolar disorder is uh, very people with bipolar disorder have a very high rate of suicide. So 20% mm -hmm. of people with bipolar disorder kill themselves. And Ooh. studies show that 40 to 50% will attempt suicide. Um, so this is a, a, a psychiatric disorder that is very, very serious um, when not treated. And in fact, studies show that it can take up to 15 to 17 years for someone with bipolar disorder to adequately be diagnosed and treated with bipolar 
bipolar, that they yeah. often get misdiagnosed as ADHD, as a major depressive disorder, which is different than a bipolar disorder, with an anxiety disorder, personality mm-hmm. disorder, that, and, and a lot of people with bipolar self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. And so when someone is an addict, that makes it even more difficult to tease out, is this bipolar, is this addiction? Um, so it's, it's very, very important. But then you have um, uh, like a bipolar one, which is more characterized by manic episodes that can last up to five to six days straight where someone is not sleeping, they're very rapid in their speech, their thoughts are sort of racing and flighty, and then they sort of crash into a more depressive episode. A bipolar 2 disorder is more characterized by more depressive episodes with what we call hypomanic episodes, which are not kind of full-blown mania, but the kind of um, almost like a a gentler version of them. But when I say gentle, it's not less serious. In fact, bipolar 2 are just at risk for suicide as much as bipolar 1, if not more, because it's often unrecognized um, in the same way that when someone is manic for a week, that is often going to be picked up uh, diagnostically quicker. And certainly, in my experience, um, people with bipolar 2 may present or the the issue that brings them to um, seek treatment is the depression when they're hypomanic things are going well business is great I'm confident and you don't go to see the doctor then and someone who lives with you or know you knows you probably wouldn't suggest it either because they think oh you're coming out of your depression what do you think of the kind of the concept of a spectrum of bipolar so maybe there's a kind of a, an area between um, real major depression disorder and bipolar 2 that's, I don't know, bipolar unspecified or not quite 2. Absolutely. Oh, I, I very much believe in, in the idea of a, a bipolar spectrum um, that, and more research is actually pointing to that. I mean, there's some studies that I've come across that suggest that borderline personality disorder perhaps could be um, couched within a bipolar spectrum because there are mm-hmm. a lot of similarities of people with borderline personality disorder and, and bipolar disorder. Um, so it's um, even if somebody doesn't have the DSM criteria for a bipolar disorder, uh, it doesn't mean that they can't benefit from some of the mood stabilizers, the medication treatments, um, if they suffer from some of the emotional dysregulation issues that people with bipolar disorder mm-hmm. do. To clarify for my uh, listeners, the reference to the DSM criteria, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Psychiatric Disorders is the uh, the main reference that professionals use to determine uh, whether one diagnosis or another is present. And there are certain criteria that have to be met for any given diagnosis. As uh, is always the case, Humans are not in boxes of different diagnoses. There are a lot of different things that uh, figure into it. So that's a, a good attempt at trying to sort things out, but it's not perfect. And the key part is, in this case with the bipolar and ADD, because bipolar is a very serious uh, condition with very serious possible outcomes in terms of suicide, it's very important for us to determine if it's part of what's going on. It may not be the only thing, but we want to know if, if that's um, 
present. Absolutely. And, and one of the other symptoms that I'll often um, see that can get confusing is the decreased need for sleep and sleep issues and sleep deprivation. And that mm-hmm. sort of goes in line with what I was saying before about whether it's the external, you know, informing the internal, the internal informing the external. So people with ADD have many sleep problems and sleep disorders. Uh, but if, you, if I ask a patient of mine, you know, what's the longest you've gone without sleep, I might have many ADD patients that have said three, four days. If you ask me, the longest I've been awake is three and a half days straight. Oh boy. And, I, and now if you ask me why, I'll tell you it's because it was my senior year in college, my senior honors thesis at Tufts, and I, of course, I collected all the data beforehand, but the actual writing of it, I waited for the last minute, and it was four days before, and I thought, oh my gosh, like, I have to get this thing done, or else I'm not going to graduate, and I, without caffeine, I didn't even drink coffee at the time. I mean, my, the adrenaline, because the urgency of it was so Mm -hmm. grand, that I was up for three and a half days and I got this thesis done, but and then I completely crashed and I slept the longest that I've ever slept in my life after I passed that thesis in. Now, if you ask someone who's manic or hypomanic, they might tell you they were up for three and a half days, but they weren't. It, it wasn't due to anything. They they'll tell you that they just their bodies just couldn't settle. That they were just mm-hmm. restless. That they um, they tried to go to sleep and they couldn't, and then they would just entertain themselves with certain things and and didn't even feel tired. You know, if you had asked me during writing that thesis, like, would you like to go to sleep? Yeah, but I have to get this thing done. Right. So I could recognize that I was tired despite the fact that I was feeling an inordinate amount of stress getting this done. But the person in a mania is not tired. They feel this incredible mm-hmm. sort of rush of energy and but it gets to a point of course i mean even i mean your body does very strange things or your mind does <laughs> yes three days <laughs> yeah sleep deprivation definitely causes strange things whatever oh, the reason oh yeah i mean i was mildly literally i mean i'm mildly hallucinating by the end of you know the that third day and um and so you can get you know almost psychotic and and it can get sort of in those but that's one of those things that it's very important for us as clinicians and for people out there who are who might be struggling with this to clarify to their clinicians rather than see oh you've been up for three and a half days that's hypomania as opposed to well no if you ask me why there's a very specific reason Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I find that uh, that's one of the key points on one of the common screening things for um, whether bipolar may be present and that's the mood disorder questionnaire and there are 13 different symptoms um, and if a number of them are present all at the same time that suggests that bipolar at least needs to be considered and one of them is are you sleeping less without missing it and many people look at yeah I'm sleeping less uh, or have you ever had things like that but the not missing it part is just going on like there's no problem and four days later you're up and just doing a regular thing whereas someone who's been up all night or two nights crashes they were missing it they were missing the sleep exactly 
And one of the other hallmark things to, to let people know is, I mean, both ADHD and bipolar disorder, like many other uh, conditions, are genetically, uh, there's, a, there's a high heritability, so they're mm-hmm. genetically transmitted. So if you have ADHD, you don't have to look far in your family to, if, you're, if you're not, unless you're adopted, um, to look at and see in your family tree people who have ADHD. They might not be diagnosed, but they have mm-hmm. all the traits. The same is true for bipolar disorder, that um, a lot of times when I meet with um, adults, let's say, who uh, wonder whether there's bipolar, and I'll ask them, do you have any family history of it? And sometimes they, they do, um, and sometimes they'll say, well, no one's been diagnosed, but then my next question is, has anyone in your family tree uh, committed suicide, been institutionalized, um, and then I might get a lot of affirmative responses. And so sometimes I'll have patients who say, no one's been diagnosed with bipolar, but my grandfather and two of my uncles committed suicide. Um, yeah. My great-great-grandmother was basically institutionalized after she gave birth to her second child. And these are signs that there's there was just a lot of undiagnosed. Or my my uh, I had a patient years ago whose twin sister died of a heroin overdose. Um, and when I inquired more about her life, she she satisfied all the criteria for bipolar mm-hmm. disorder. Um, so it, sometimes it's looking at those signs that it might not be that people are diagnosed, but if it's in the family, that's often something we have to look yeah, at. Yeah, something well. shows up. And certainly... Um, parents and grandparents, that was uh, a long time ago as far as uh, psychiatric diagnoses go, so it may not have been identified of that, but some of the behavior things and certainly suicides. One of the things that uh, to me is is kind of a, a warning flag is when a parent says the whole family has to walk on eggshells mm-hmm. because we don't want to trigger one of these tantrums. Now, that may be severe ADD and emotional kinds of things, but to me that has a little different ring of we just really do not want this to go on because it will go on for hours. Or um, another thing is if there's an kind of an aspect of meanness. Um, mm-hmm. It's oh he did it. I I pushed him down the stairs because uh, he he said something to me that got me upset. So it's his fault. Um, or an exaggerated, I'm going to bring a knife tomorrow and carve your guts out. That's not a normal kind of um, imagery or way one seven-year-old talks to another. Exactly, and that's something that um, these are sort of common characteristics of children who later in life uh, may be diagnosed with bipolar disorder is exactly what you're describing. These sort of themes of gore and mutilation that are just beyond the situation, you know, are, are more than just kind of, and a lot of times parents will say to me, I kind of knew it because I just felt it like it, they were disturbed by it you know it's more than you know their their son or daughter saying oh I'm going to kill you it's like you said yeah. it's like I'm going to stick a knife in your rib cage and you know just carve your your liver out or something yeah. it's like yeah. oh like this is something that they're disturbed by it. Um, a lot of talk about annihilation and death um, I'm working with someone now who He's 21 years old, has a very profound bipolar illness, and his parents said that when he was five years old, he um, just announced that he probably was just going to kill himself by the time he turned 30. And they said, well, huh. why, 
why would you say that? I mean, they were just so, and he said it with a smile on his face, and he goes, I don't know. He goes, I just think that, and he was talking about how he had all these thoughts of, you know, carving himself with Hmm. knives Mm -hmm. and, you know, killing people. And and this is not someone who has any homicidal um, impulses, but in some ways that was the first time they were, they said, disturbed by, and then it just grew and grew as he got older. Yeah, yeah. One of the other things that uh, I became aware of, and this was at a, a conference a few years ago, a Canadian psychiatrist, uh, Declan Quinn, um, has identified what he calls, a, I guess, a subset of children with or without ADD that have a chronic irritability, which he distinguishes from bipolar disorder. Um, and one of the important things about that is that he treats them with uh, serotonin medications, the typical antidepressant, which if someone has bipolar disorder may be exactly the wrong thing to do. Um, And that one of the key things he asks is, has your child just always been kind of irritable, easily annoyed from age two or three, and maybe out of proportion to what you've heard about other children or their siblings? Um, And I've found he has a... 11 question kind of survey on that and I found that some kids really fit that they don't fit the bipolar meanness exaggerated response but they definitely are really touchy and they do very well on citalopram for instance mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it's that I think points up the the difficulty in sorting out this child has tantrums another thing to me that may suggest um, it's ADD, is the child seems to do very well in school. They're well-behaved, everything, they get home, and I don't know whether it's the pressure of having contained themselves at school, but then the family or parents get the brunt of the temper things, whereas yep. bipolar, it doesn't matter the setting, if it's going to happen. Absolutely, um, that's right, definitely. And I think there's some, I mean, there's, some evidence, and, and I've certainly seen clinically that um, you know children, for example, who are diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder, who are diagnosed with mm-hmm. conduct disorder. You know, I, I've seen a lot of those kind of kids where um, it may be. We know that there's a, a high correlation with ADHD or a comorbidity, a relationship with ADHD. But these can potentially be precursors to a mood disorder uh, later mm-hmm. in life as well. So when I have a, a child who's six years old, who's you know kicking the teacher, who's raging in classrooms, and right. um, and is diagnosed with ODD. I start to wonder about a, a, a prodromal or sort of early bipolar disorder, um, and I've certainly seen that clinically many times um, with mm-hmm. children who fall, because most children with ADHD do not have a conduct disorder or an oppositional defiant disorder. So there are some studies that are suggesting that are these kids that have ADD and ODD or ADD and conduct disorder, do they represent this a subset of people who um, have both a bipolar and an ADD, um, but the bipolar disorder is going to come out later in life. Mm -hmm. And certainly the conduct disorder I look at as a much more serious issue and may be a little bit more likely to point to the bipolar. Well, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but uh, I think we've covered a number of um, points that can be helpful. 
in sorting out bipolar and ADHD, and I just want to summarize a few of them. One thing that can be very helpful to professionals is for parents or family members to keep a log to be able to see when those um, temper issues happen, maybe what context it was in. Another is to be aware that if the response is way exaggerated, maybe graphic details um, about um, carving guts out or annihilating someone, um, and that it, they last for a number of hours, way out of proportion to the situation where people with ADD, it may be fairly intense, but doesn't last very long. Um, so hopefully this has given um, folks a, an idea of what to look for, what information to bring to the professional that can help them sort through these challenging and very disturbing kinds of things. Dr. Arlovardia, thank you so much for joining me today and helping my listeners sort out some of these issues. It's been a pleasure to have you on the program. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is Dr. David Pomeroy signing off today on ADHD Focus. Stay tuned for another uh, podcast coming along in another few weeks, and I appreciate your attention today. Be well.